Section number 26 of Grey's Anatomy, Part 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 4 by Henry Gray. The Cranial Nerves, Nervi Cerebrales, Cerebral Nerves. There are twelve pairs of cranial nerves. They are attached to the brain and are transmitted through foramina in the base of the cranium. The different pairs are named from before backwards as follows. First, olfactory. Second, optic. Third, oculomotor. Fourth, trochlea. Fifth, trigeminal. Sixth, abducent. Seventh, facial. Eighth, acoustic. Ninth, glossopharyngeal. Tenth, Vagus, eleventh, accessory, twelfth, hypoglossal. The area of attachment of a cranial nerve to the surface of the brain is termed its superficial or apparent origin. The fibres of the nerve can be traced into the substance of the brain to a special nucleus of grey substance. The motor or efferent cranial nerves arise within the brain from groups of nerve cells which constitute their nuclei of origin. The sensory or afferent cranial nerves arise from groups of nerve cells outside the brain. These nerve cells may be grouped to form ganglia on the trunks of the nerves, or may be situated in peripheral sensory organs such as the nose and eye. The central processes of these cells run into the brain, and there end by arborizing around nerve cells, which are grouped to form nuclei of termination. The nuclei of origin of the motor nerves and the nuclei of termination of the sensory nerves are brought into relationship with the cerebral cortex, the former through the geniculate fibres of the internal capsule, the latter through the lemniscus. The geniculate fibres arise from the cells of the motor area of the cortex and, after crossing the middle line, end by arborizing around the cells of the nuclei of origin of the motor cranial nerves. On the other hand, Fibres arise from the cells of the nuclei of termination of the sensory nerves, and, after crossing to the opposite side, join the lemniscus, and thus connect these nuclei, directly or indirectly, with the cerebral cortex. 5a. The Olfactory Nerves The olfactory nerves, or nerves of smell, are distributed to the mucous membrane of the olfactory region of the nasal cavity. This region comprises the superior nasal concha and the corresponding part of the nasal septum. The nerves originate from the central or deep processes of the olfactory cells of the nasal mucous membrane. They form a plexiform network in the mucous membrane, and are then collected into about twenty branches, which pierce the cribriform plate of the ethmoid bone in two groups, a lateral and a medial group, and end in the glomeruli of the olfactory bulb. Each branch receives tubular sheaths from the dura mater and pia mater, the former being lost in the periosteum of the nose, the latter in the neurolemma of the nerve. The olfactory nerves are non-medulated, and consist of axis cylinders surrounded by nucleated sheaths, in which, however, there are fewer nuclei than are found in the sheaths of ordinary non-medulated nerve fibres. The olfactory centre in the cortex is generally associated with the rhinencephalon. The olfactory nerves are developed from the cells of the ectoderm which lines the olfactory pits. These cells undergo proliferation and give rise to what are termed the olfactory cells of the nose. 
The axons of the olfactory cells grow into the overlying olfactory bulb and form the olfactory nerves. 5b. The optic nerve. Nervus opticus. Second nerve. The optic nerve, or nerve of sight, consists mainly of fibres derived from the ganglionic cells of the retina. These axons terminate in arborizations around the cells in the lateral geniculate body, pulvinar, and superior colliculus which constitute the lower or primary visual centers. From the cells of the lateral geniculate body and the pulvinar, fibers pass to the cortical visual center, situated in the cuneus and in the neighborhood of the calcarine fissure. A few fibers of the optic nerve, of small caliber, pass from the primary centers to the retina and are supposed to govern chemical changes in the retina, and also the movements of some of its elements, pigment cells and cones. There are also a few fine fibres, afferent fibres, extending from the retina to the brain, that are supposed to be concerned in pupillary reflexes. The optic nerve is peculiar in that its fibres and ganglion cells are probably third in the series of neurons from the receptors to the brain. Consequently, the optic nerve corresponds rather to a tract of fibres within the brain than to the other cranial nerves. Its fibres pass backward and medialward through the orbit and optic foramen to the optic commissure, where they partially decussate. The mixed fibres from the two nerves are continued in the optic tracts, the primary visual centres of the brain. The orbital portion of the optic nerve is from 20 mm to 30 mm in length and has a slightly sinuous course to allow for movements of the eyeball. It is invested by an outer sheath of dura mater and an inner sheath from the arachnoid which are attached to the sclera around the area where the nerve fibers pierce the choroid and sclera of the bulb. A little behind the bulb of the eye, the central artery of the retina with its accompanying vein perforates the optic nerve and runs within it to the retina. As the nerve enters the optic foramen, its dual sheath becomes continuous with that lining the orbit and the optic foramen. In the optic foramen, the ophthalmic artery lies below and to its outer side. The intracranial portion of the optic nerve is about 10 mm in length. The optic chiasma, chiasma opticum, somewhat quadrilateral in form, rests upon the tuberculum celli and on the anterior part of the diaphragma celli. It is in relation, above, with the lamina terminalis, behind, with the tuba cinereum, on either side, with the anterior perforated substance. Within the chiasma, the optic nerves undergo a partial decussation. The fibers forming the medial part of each tract and posterior part of the chiasma have no connection with the optic nerves. They simply cross in the chiasma and connect the medial geniculate bodies of the two sides. They form the commissure of Gooden. The remaining and principal part of the chiasma consists of two sets of fibers, crossed and uncrossed. The crossed fibers, which are the more numerous, occupy the central part of the chiasma and pass from the optic nerve of one side to the optic tract of the other, decussating in the chiasma with similar fibers of the opposite optic nerve. The uncrossed fibers occupy the lateral part of the chiasma and pass from the nerve of one side into the tract of the same side. Note 130 a specimen of congenital absence of the optic chiasma is to be found in the museum of the Westminster Hospital. See also Henler, Nerve and Lehrer, page 393, edition 2. The crossed fibres of the optic nerve tend to occupy the medial side of the nerve and the uncrossed fibres the lateral side. In the optic tract, however, the fibres are much more intermingled. The optic tract 
passes backward and outward from the optic chiasma over the tuber cinereum and anterior perforated space to the cerebral peduncle and winds obliquely across its under surface. Its fibers terminate in the lateral geniculate body, the pulvinar and the superior colliculus. It is adherent to the tuber cinereum and the cerebral peduncle as it passes over them. In the region of the lateral geniculate body it splits into two bands. The medial and smaller one is a part of the commissure of Gooden and ends in the medial geniculate body. From its mode of development and from its structure the optic nerve must be regarded as a prolongation of the brain substance rather than as an ordinary cerebral spinal nerve. As it passes from the brain it receives sheaths from the three cerebral membranes, a perineural sheath from the pia mater, an intermediate sheath from the arachnoid, and an outer sheath from the dura mater, which is also connected with the periosteum as it passes through the optic foramen. These sheaths are separated from each other by cavities which communicate with the subdural and subarachnoid cavities respectively. The innermost or perineural sheath sends a process around the arteria centralis retinae into the interior of the nerve and enters intimately into its structure. End of section number 26